Welcome to Walking with the Archetypes, the podcast which gives you keys to claiming your personal power. For more than a decade now, I've studied the King, Warrior, Magician, Lover archetypes, and in this time of great turmoil, I will reveal their secrets. My name is Ivan Fingenskjær-Schellum, founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and it's time now to head outside and walk with the archetypes. Hey everyone, it is Ivan here, your host and founder of Men's Initiation, Reclaim Your Inner Throne. Today I'm going to dive into a topic that may at first seem a bit abstract, but you will soon realize that it has profound implications for your life, love and leadership. And we're talking here about the topic of building a container. And when we're talking about the topic of building containers, we will have to discuss what is inside and outside a container. And that is delineated by a boundary. So we will have to talk about boundaries. And we will also have to talk about two different kinds of containers. Magician containers and warrior containers. At least that is what I want to talk about today. And it is really rainy today. I'm walking around on the deck here, already quite wet. The sky here is grey overcast. The snow has all but melted and there are sheets of ice on the rock surfaces up behind the house here. I don't want to be out here when I do this today, it's too rainy. So today I will be recording the episode inside. So I will take you inside now to explore how to build containers in the magician and the warrior sector and the consequences for not doing so. Let's dive in. So welcome inside. I'm sat here looking at the ocean. And um, let us uh, start exploring these two kinds of containers. Now, a warrior container is obviously physical. It is in the manifest world. Whereas the magician container is in the subtle, it's in the energetic, it's in the psychological. And in that sense, it's very easy to talk about the warrior container because it's the kind of phenomena that you can see, that you can observe with your eyes. So let's start there. Think of the warrior container as a walled city. So inside of this walled city is the reign of the king, right? But there is only thriving inside of the city. There's only harmony inside of the city as long as this wall is safe. So you can remember perhaps here the return of the king, Tolkien's return of the king, where the armies of Sauron are approaching Minas Tirith, which is a walled city that is leading against the mountain. It looks magnificent with a tall white spire and you cannot let the orcs, you cannot let the various monsters on the outside into the city because obviously then the harmony of the people that the wall is serving to protect will be totally shattered. People will be scared, people will be killed. There will be all kinds of chaos and traumas, right? And typically in our lives today, this kind of boundary, this sort of physical boundary doesn't feel so acute 
because we have been living in the assumption that we are somehow protected, that we are somehow safe in our lives. And I think this has made us passive, dissociated to this acute feeling that there is something to defend. But imagine now, for instance, a world where the army comes to your door in order to force you to take some sort of medical treatment or to do something against your will. This is now a possibility in a way that it hasn't been before in our lifetimes. And so now maybe the walls of your home are actually more important than they have been previously, right? And so now the call for holding the wall, holding the shield wall, holding the line is really more felt than it has been previously, at least if you're paying attention to what's happening in the world. And to actually hold this boundary and thus the warrior container to keep the people inside of the wall, inside of the container safe, your loved ones, your children, whoever you are sworn to protect, you will need to be able to hold that boundary. And and for the longest time, we have been talking about the warrior in some sort of idealized philosophical context in men's work. But really, it isn't like that. A warrior really is the capacity to prevent people from killing and destroying those you are sworn to protect. And so that requires a kind of martial training, a kind of weapons training, some level of embodiment of the warrior principles so that you can be safe in yourself as you are faced with a world where there is very real danger. And in this way, you ensure that you become safe with power, safe in the dynamics of power, just like the martial artist master has trained in the art of neutralizing or even eliminating a threat using his body as a weapon, or maybe even using a weapon as a weapon. And, and because of this, this martial artist is so at peace inside of himself or herself because they know that they have this boundary to lean back on. And that leads to a psychological safety that more often than not allows this person to be an agent of peace in the world. And so when you are somebody who is able to hold a warrior boundary, you are safe with the dynamics of power. And so really, you shouldn't have any president or king or whoever who doesn't have martial arts discipline because that makes them safe. It makes them understand the dynamics of power. And so they aren't weak men and women who have to prove themselves by oppressing and tyrannizing others because there is nothing to prove. They already feel strong within them. So that really should have been a baseline for being a leader in our culture all along. But unfortunately, it isn't. And so what is the result of not having this skill in our lives? It is passive aggression. It is manipulation. It is sadism. So the manipulation that I mentioned comes from the phenomenon in which somebody who is unable to hold a warrior boundary will fall back on a magician boundary where they will try to seduce or propagandize or manipulate or completely psychologically compromise their enemy. 
in order to neutralize them because they don't have the the force of their body and of of a weapon of a wall the sadism that i mentioned also comes from the fact that when you're not safe in the warrior archetype then you will lash out in the shadows and so what you'll see with so many people that have come to associate themselves with woke ideas that seem so beautiful on the surface taking care of minorities protecting the environment taking care of women and children that in actual fact that isn't what they are doing rather they so often become agents of destruction and chaos that merely use the surface layer of woke as justification for the kind of violence and destruction and often even malevolence that they unleash upon the world and so not having connection with this safe warrior boundary just makes us so incongruent where the professed ideals are completely at odds with our actions in the world so in order to take this warrior boundary seriously I recommend that you look into some sort of martial arts that you start to familiarize yourself with the use of weapons like maybe you just start using some kind of sticks or you start boxing or maybe you do archery or maybe even you start hunting or even going to a shooting range personally I still feel a bit of a flinch response when I fire a rifle because my nervous system has still not fully adapted itself to being in this kind of warrior discipline this kind of wielding of weapons and these kinds of things and it is this flinching of my nervous system that is still making me slightly at odds with a pure and wholesome integration of the warrior archetype and so you're not training in weapons in order to be killing people you're training in weapons or whatever martial disciplines in order to become safe with the dynamics of power and that is why you do it that is how you can become a force of peace in the world but make no mistake there is a time when a warrior boundary will need to be enforced when Sauron's forces are approaching Minas Tirith you don't want to just hang around in your living room waiting for the city to be flooded by the enemy you you don't want that and so these are times for you especially if you're a man but also as a woman to really become right with holding a warrior boundary yet again because the alternative is to be shall we say assimilated into the armies of Sauron to be absorbed into the machine that wants to wreak havoc upon the world and I hope you do not want that for yourself and your loved ones so this is where it is time to hold the line and to keep the city safe or if you were to take an imagery from Avatar this is the time when the Navi needs to rise to protect the world tree and the beauty of Pandora you know maybe that image makes it easier for you to feel good about the warrior archetype when you can feel that it is in protection of something sacred so hold the line and thus ensure that a new and more beautiful world will soon emerge
Now join me after the break when we will continue exploring the magician container and his boundaries. Talk to you soon. This is just a quick message to let you know that I have started producing videos again on the Reclaim Your Inner Throne YouTube channel. So if you can't get enough of archetypal insights, perspectives on men and masculinity, as well as current world events, then go to YouTube, search for Reclaim Your Inner Throne, and you will find more insights and inspirations that I think you will enjoy. Yeah, welcome back. So when we're going to address the container of the magician, we are talking about a container that exists in the subtle realm. That is to say that this may be a container that you can't see with your naked eye, but it is one that you can feel. This is a container that lives in the psychological realm, in the spiritual realm. This is a container that could be symbolized by a building, by a temple, by a cathedral, by a ritual circle that is visible thanks to some kinds of stones or pillars or even torches or candles. But essentially it is a container that is held in the subtle, in the subtle realm. And if you're somebody who has had the opportunity to experience the seeds of sanctuary ritual that we offer in Reclaiming a Throne, then you will know that the imagery of this magician boundary is like this energetic dome, the shimmering dome that sort of sparkles and you can't really penetrate it with propaganda and lies and deception and psychological and spiritual attacks. You know, there's definitely such a thing as being attacked spiritually and that you can mount attacks if you're somebody who has some affinity with the occult realms, if you are a dark servant of the occult, there is definitely such a thing as attacking somebody in the spiritual realm. And this is happening at a very wide societal level right now. Humanity is under occult attack by dark warlocks. And this is why we have mass formation psychosis taking at least a third of the human population at this point. Do not mistake this for just being some coincidental fallout of propaganda. Now, this is actually, in my perception anyway, having observed the absurdity and the reality distortion of our world for two years now, this is a deliberate attack in the spiritual designed to compromise people's psychological well-being and spiritual connection. This may be an idea that is a little bit far out for you, and I would like you to consider that if that is so, it is because you haven't learned to be fully embodying this magician sector. Because a magician knows that this is real. Knows that this is real. This is the domain of shamanism. A shaman holds an energetic boundary where he or she on some level decides what kind of spiritual psychological entities get to enter. This is what shamans do. 
work with entities and with energetics and holding a boundary in the subtle realm that is very, very visible to the shaman with eyes to see. But for the secular 21st century human being, this is woo-woo, which is why these very secular people are susceptible to these kinds of attacks. And so you want to familiarize yourself with this domain and you want to learn what it is to hold a boundary like this. The simplest thing that you can do is to turn off your television. Consider that your television at this point is like inviting a spellcaster into your living room that begins to wreak havoc upon the family system, upon the psychological well-being on the family, and that it really weakens the whole family, the whole home from the inside out. When you realize that the media, as it is typically being shown on television sets these days, are merely extensions of a wide campaign of propaganda designed to make people afraid, then you'd really reconsider consuming this kind of information 24-7. I saw recently a video of Anna Solberg. Uh, she's the former prime minister of Norway. She was speaking to the World Economic Forum back in 2017, and she was speaking about how important it is to scare the population during times of crisis, because that gives you greater leverage to introduce various laws and emergency measures that can combat the, the crisis. And so I think this is very common thinking for politicians these days is that, okay, so there seems to be a crisis in the world. And so you need to scare the living daylights out of the people, out of the citizens, so that they become malleable and, and collaborative when extreme measures need to be taken. This is a slippery slope indeed, especially if you start introducing these kinds of measures for smaller and smaller problems. So you really want to have an energetic boundary that keeps you safe from propaganda, manipulation, psychological and spiritual attacks. It's so important. So that is speaking about the magician container as a defensive structure or principle. But when you are in service of other people's transformation, you will need to hold this kind of container with a different intention. So if you are a coach, some kind of ritual elder, maybe you're a minister of sorts, a therapist, whatever it might be, you must have an understanding of the principles of a magician container. Because the person that you're seeking to help can only change as long as that container is solid and safely held. This container becomes an alchemical crucible. And inside of that crucible, things will be revealed. The magician is the one that brings the light into the dark places. And in order to become healed, in order to become transformed, this has to happen. Transformation is a process of continuous revelation 
and integration. The magician goes into the dark places, into the unconscious, reveals what has been hidden, and integrates it back into the archetype of the king or of the sovereign. This is how transformation happens. And if you're going to have great success with your healing arts, with your transformational disciplines, for the clients that you serve, this principle needs to be understood and the container needs to be solidly held because as these things are being revealed, demons will also come out. And the deeper the work you're able to do with somebody, the more true this is going to be, that there are going to be like entities or demons that are going to come shooting out of the deep psyche of these people and going to start lashing out and testing this container to see if they're safe, you know? Because these demons, they came originally to protect your innocence. This is one of the core principles of the Reclaim Unithron initiation, is that the demons are in service of your innocence. But the innocence at this point is so wounded and so traumatized that it doesn't want to be revealed. And so whenever you are revealing the traumas and the wounds of this lost innocence, the demons come out to protect it. And that is why you need to hold this strong boundary because that innocence deep down in the psyche of the people that you're serving needs to find safety in the world once more. And if you're a leaky container or if you have sloppy integrity or if you're, you know, you're mixing in your personal needs or even sexual desires into your container, you will completely mess up the healing process of the people inside of your container. You really shouldn't be helping anyone until you understand this, because you will hurt them. And this kind of container could be set up using contracts, it can be set up using a financial exchange, because when people have buy-in with money, they will be much less likely to run away when they're being triggered because they care about that money. And in that sense, the money is energy from the people you're serving and it becomes the energetic perimeter that you are holding for them. A lot of people these days are getting excited about the gift economy or alternative models of exchange, reciprocity. What they don't realize with this is that this will work when the process doesn't go very deep. When your clients, if you want to use that word, um, don't run the risk of having a lot of their trauma revealed. You know, that means that they're not going to be super triggered. Uh, when you have these new ways of value exchange, then it's limited how deep you can go in the psyche because the boundary and the container isn't nearly as strong. And so typically then within such a new model of transformational work, you will find that the people holding the space will not go as deep. They will not challenge the participants as much because they will also intuit that the container isn't as solid. And there is nothing more you know, painful than being somebody who just wants to help and serve people 
and then in a moment of people that you're just genuinely wanting to help is triggered and they start fighting back, you're like, hey, I'm not even charging you for this. I just want to help and you're fucking angry with me. You have to understand the human psyche to really get right with these principles of holding a transformational boundary, an alchemical crucible. It is a great responsibility to invite somebody into that space. And so please don't attempt to do deep work with people before you have established a solid, powerful magician container. Finally, let's touch upon something that I mentioned before the break, is that people who don't have a strong warrior embodiment in their life, they don't have the capacity to hold that boundary in a solid way, they will fall back on the magician. And then what you'll find is that they will start to wield the dark magician. You will very often find dynamics of grandiosity, that they will take a hierarchy over you and be somehow a voice of higher levels of consciousness or they're more advanced and you're just somebody who doesn't see clearly that kind of thing that will happen. And there will just be these weird ways that communication comes towards you where you see that there is no precision. There is this sort of slimy, um, slippery, manipulative language that it's hard to orient towards. You don't quite know what they're saying to you, but they will keep... Um, trying to destabilize your inner sovereignty. Now, the tricky thing about this is that a skilled magician will also mess with your sense of reality, with your sense of identity, but it will not happen in this slimy way. It will happen in this very direct, very penetrative, energetic move there will be no level of confusion about what they mean and so the shadow magician comes as as there is a lack of clarity in the communication and so whenever you are in dynamics of power with people watch out for this kind of weird unclear communication where there is an indication that they are better than you but they're not really saying it clearly. It seems to be laced with passive aggression and grandiosity. And now you're really facing off with a shadow magician. And now you need to hold your boundary clearly and not really get entangled in that mess. So I think that just about wraps it up for this podcast. I hope this has been helpful. And let's now return back out and see if it's still raining. So that is what I have for you today. The rain has dissipated. Actually, it's not raining at all. And there is a beautiful, beautiful crispness. Yeah. So close to my home is the ocean. And it's like this long bay. It's not quite a fjord. Um, but it's, I guess it's about 500 meters across or something, maybe a little longer. 
And I'm looking at all of the white houses on the other side here, and the fog is hanging dense on top of these little hills here. I hope you have a great weekend as I walk on the squishy grass here back in. Yeah, I hope you enjoy yourself, that you have some lovely experiences with people that you care about, and that you're very intentional about building powerful community in these times, because it's so important. Okay, much love to you guys. Be well. I'll talk to you next Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in this week's Walking with the Archetypes. It's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. And don't forget, you are invited to come walk with me next Friday when we will take another deep dive into the archetypal realms. To go deeper with this masculine operating system, head over to MasculineOS.com for a comprehensive free guide.